Hey, welcome back, internet people, although you haven't left and it's just been us gone. Uh, this is Chris and Kent, and we will be doing our episode of Kenter at Your Own Risk. This will be episode 22, in which we will be discussing our lists of, top, well, horror actors and actresses. Some will be the best, some will be underappreciated, some will be just ones that we appreciate. Um, and we'll meander on some other shit, because it's been a while since we've done this. How are you doing, Kent? Good. I mean, hell, you just reintroduced me on how to start the goddamn podcast, so really uh, re- really doing good on the old memory, but... Shit. You know, let's let's just hope we don't have the Skype issue tonight. <laughs> well, do, I just re-downloaded re, uh, and installed Audacity, because I had to redo my computer last month, so I don't have like anything on this anymore. So, hoping that everything goes well. 10-4. Uh, so anyways, people, I don't know about you, but it seems the world is getting slightly better. Uh, I'm vexed. My wife is. We're not getting it for my son since he has trouble, like, diffusing heavy metals from his system. But um, uh, it looks like cases are slowing down where I live. I don't know about how it is up there with you. I mean, down here it's hot out and pretty sunny most of the time i know my wife my mom was saying that um you guys had some cold weather kick back up a couple weeks ago oh yeah we've had like i think the last three days it's been nice and cool like i i'm okay with it man any day that i don't have to run the air conditioner i am completely cool with it um yeah shit seems to be getting back to normal or normal-ish or however you want to Oh no! I've been watching a ton of NBA since the playoffs began last week. So it's just weird to watch sports now with crowds again because I think I just started getting used to, you know, the virtual sounds of an arena, and now to have a crowd and already have people throwing popcorn and spitting at athletes. So yay, fans! So to piggyback off of things getting back into normal, my wife and I went out for. The f- well, I went out for the first time in uh, about 16 months to do anything other than go to work to the gas station or to my once or twice a month game of D&D that I go to. Um, we went out for our anniversary that occurred last November. <laughs> so um, We went out to dinner, which sucked. Slight delay there. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, it was just the world. Uh, anyways, I was sitting in the restaurant and I'm like, this is what people missed. This is what people were fucking going crazy while they were in their house for. And I give them the benefit of the doubt though. Like, I don't know how it was in New York, but down in Florida, they were subsidizing unemployment by an additional $300 a week. So like everywhere you go that you would typically see people making less money, the lower end of, uh, above minimum wage down to minimum wage, you know, they're all looking for employees because nobody wanted to work. I mean, and who can blame them? It's been better, but like when shit first kicked off and like who wanted to go to work to face a possibility of getting a disease that's going to fucking kill you. Uh, but anyways, I'm sitting in the restaurant and the service sucks. The food was good, but uh, we, we drive from the restaurant to the theater, which is only about two minutes away. And as we were pulling up, I see this guy outside in the middle of the parking lot, right by his car, he's playing some kind of music, super fucking loud, but I can't... I'm far enough away that I can't hear what exactly he's listening to, just tell that he's listening to it. 
So the dude is like six foot six, probably like 55, 60. Long blonde Michael Bolton hair frizzed out because he's in the sun. He's even got the receding hairline. Um, he's like arguing with God or somebody else up in the sky and he's dancing like Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> in the fucking ending of that movie. Just down in the middle of the parking lot at the movie theater. And he's doing it for like a minute. I'm like, I'm fucking dying laughing as I'm watching this. And my wife's, my wife's like, what? I'm like, I can't even fucking describe this shit. <laughs> so, I don't know. That that kind of segued into the fact that I saw a spiral from the Booker Saw tonight. But that set the tone for my entire evening. Yeah. I, just quick question. Um, was there a lot of people in the theater? Uh, there was a lot of people in the theater overall, but in the theater where I was watching the movie I watched, there was only six people. Yeah, when I went, it was just me and my two friends, so had the theater to ourselves, and I couldn't have been more grateful for it. Yeah, I mean, it, there was a, a pretty decent line waiting to get in. You know, we, we bought our tickets online, um, and... I don't know what the fuck people were watching, if they were watching Army of the Dead, if they were watching that, if they were watching Mortal Kombat, if I I don't I think something else just opened up today or yesterday, but A Quiet be. Place Two opened yeah. today. Yeah, okay. So I, I, they might have been seeing that. But yeah, our theater was relatively quiet. Now, is it just the theater or is it like uh, attached to a plaza or a mall? Um in in that area that it's in, the theater sits off by itself, but it's, you know, like how Florida has all the roundabouts. Yeah. You know, like up, up in New York, you know, New York City, what have you, you know, you have just the square grids down here. They'll have, like, a circle in the intersection with, like, four different exits going off, so you can feed in or feed off, depending upon where you're going. Oh, okay. So, so there's, like, um the, the movie's off one of those. There's a bowling alley with, like, a a laser tag place and miniature golf and like a Duffy's on one of them. And then the other side, it's like, uh, Outback, a Japanese sushi place, um, Chili's, TGI Fridays, Ruby Tuesdays, uh, Longhorn. You know, so like a bunch of restaurants, uh, friendlies. I'm like, how does friendlies fit? With a bunch of restaurants just around in that area. And then, um, it's it's just off of like uh the main road that runs between like US1 and Interstate 95 and there's all strip malls along that entire road too so it's i mean it's not like it's in a mall but it's in a pretty well developed urban area so i i had this conversation just last night with my buddy Jay and i want to ask you the same thing uh it kind of goes along with this topic how much longer are malls going to be a thing? Because, like, locally, like, you know, the, well, you remember, Rotterdam, that don't really exist anymore as a mall. I, I don't know. I think a lot of places are just not, what, what's the point in the mall? So do you think the mall exists, you know, in 10 years? I think it's gone. It's, they're already struggling. You've, you've got, it's it's just such a different culture. I mean, remember when we were kids and like going to the mall was a cool thing. You went to the mall to hang out. You went to the mall to go to eat. You went to the mall to like actually shop anywhere. The arcade, Shit. 
get shoes. Like, getting shoes is still a big thing, but I think shoe stores will still remain maybe, like, in plazas or, like, in a strip mall type setting or, like, attached to a Walmart or something. But I just, you know, like, you don't go to an FYE, I mean, toy stores, forget about it, but... FYEs don't even exist anymore, do they? Oh, they probably don't. I thought they closed down as a company. They they probably don't. I mean, I'm just relegating myself to the past at this point, but seriously, like, basically everything, you know, bookstores, what, you know... Very rarely succeed, like... Most of them are going under. I help Barnes and Noble is probably going to be the last big entity ex- lasting, and how much longer can they last? I don't know. Not very much. I mean, Amazon. You'll you'll still have WalMarts. You'll still have grocery stores, but Amazon has put so many other businesses out of business. It's not even funny. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it was a weird thing. I only know what prompted it last night, but I was just like, yeah, I don't. I don't think malls are going to. Realistically, I can't think of anything in a mall that I would need other than a shoe store, and that's because you. Hell, I mean, most of the shoes I order, I order online. I don't even go to a shoe store, but still, it's nice to try them on before you buy them. You know when the last time I bought any non-work shoe was? Mm, let's go with 2012. 2008. Shit, man. And they still fit. So. Wow. Good on you, man. I guess I just I. And I was thinking, I'm like, I probably only wear them like maybe, maybe once a week, if that. So I, I still have a jacket from high school that still actually sadly fits me. In. My the leather jacket my mom got me in my senior year of high school for my birthday, still fits me. I still have it. I don't wear it down here because it's like a, a winter jacket, you know. So I fucking would die. But <laughs> <laughs> you know that that, that one. One to two weeks a year when I'm off in like December and January and I'm not working, I put it on just to be like, yeah, I look, look cool. And then look I'm at like, us maintaining. Really <laughs> look I at really us don't. maintaining it. You know, our former glo- high school glory bodies. Uh, that's nice. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I, okay. Now, are you older than me? I, I am forty-one. I'll be forty-two in October. Okay, yeah. So you got like a year and two months on me. Not nothing. Really. Yeah, I was. I, I think I, if I had started school in New York, I would have been a year ahead of you guys. But because I started it in Texas, and their school year starts earlier, I got held back a year. So when, when I moved up to New York after I was in kindergarten and went to first grade, I was, uh, you know, in with Eric. But um. Right. Yeah, I was. I was basically like, three quarters of a year older than him. So. All right. So here's. I, I don't even know why this is a conversation, but I have to ask. All right. Do you ever look like on social media, Facebook, whatever, see people you grew up with, and do you ever notice like people that smoke, they all look like they've aged like at least five to ten more years than like your non-smoking people that you graduated with? I don't know. No. I mean, um, I smoked for almost 20 years, and I had a friend the other day tell me I, he thought I was his age because... I guess I look younger than than he thought. He's only thirty four, so I was like, "I fucking love you, man." <laughs> you, 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 you take that man out for a steak. That's <laughs> like if I wasn't married. <laughs> right. I mean, why not? Exactly. Um, yeah. Sometimes. I mean, it's. I, th- I think it's something I've noticed too. Is that like a lot of people who never leave Fulton County tend to just look older than people not to 
you know, say that you do, but tend to look older than people who've like moved away. Of course, I, I look a lot of like I look at a lot of the, my mom moved back, so she's connecting with um, you know some of the people I went to high school with every once in a while, and like uh, Jay Lowenthal came and visited her like from like twenty feet away a couple months ago um, when he was up visiting his parents, and um, yeah, I see pictures of like people like that who like moved to like New York City or whatever, and you know we're just excited with life, and then I look at the pictures of like the people who never left Fulton County, and they're just like, yeah. We got a DQ coming in. <laughs> but that great cloud has not left this motherfucking area in a long ass time. <laughs> and I, I mean, I I'm not saying that that's it, but I'm saying that's that's the reason. <laughs> no, I'm not going. I, I'm, pal, I'm not going to disagree with you by any means on that. I, mean, I, I think it's accurate. It's you know, and then I guess a lot of it depends on context too. Like there are certain people who definitely put themselves out there before they ever let themselves show up on social media. And there are people who just don't even give a fuck. They're like, I'm going to post whatever I want to post. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. All right. Like I will tell you this straight up. I never expected that Eric would ever, you know, clean up as well as he did. But I have to credit Carrie with a lot of that. So yeah, except his beard's stupid. Well, you know, he has one. If I could have a beard at my job, I would be so happy. I would I would probably not talk all the shit I talk about my bosses. <laughs> Dude, uh, all right. So I got a rant because I hate beard culture and especially fat man beard culture because, see, you don't have this problem. So being a fat man, you only get to shop at certain stores to get certain clothes because they only fit your fat ass. So what's the fun thing for the past, I don't know, five, ten goddamn years? Every male model is fucking bearded because they're all trying to hide their fucking triple chin. And I'm like getting sick of it. Like, fuck, there's, man. There's ways that you can do that, too. Like, like I would I would shave it down to a two on the sides and I would leave it at a three on the chin. You know, So it looked a little bit longer, makes your face look a little bit leaner. I'm just like, fuck, man. Not everybody needs to look like a goddamn rugged lumberjack here. Like, not all fat guys look like that. And I'm just getting pissed off with beard culture in general. And I don't know. That's my rant for the day right there. Are you pissed off or are you envious? If I could grow, okay, so if I could, could, have, could grow hair, I would have absolutely grown facial hair by this point. And I think I've grown... I think I would have naturally have shaped my head by someplace in my mid-20s because I always wanted to shave my head bald. Mm -hmm. So, like, when that happened, it was actually joyous for me. The beard thing, I still would have tried out a couple of different things, made a complete ass out of myself, and probably kept it clean-shaven, I'm guessing. Unless I was super lazy, because we both know how lazy I am. Dude, uh, that's not just you. <laughs> but all in all, I'm just like, I'm so sick of, like... You know, there's there's beards that like look okay, and then there's like these super quaffed beards where you know the guy's just trying way too fucking hard, and I'm like, you're not impressing anybody, man, or bro, yeah. because bro's part of the culture too, bro. Bruh, what's up, bruh? Bruh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can do away with all that shit. So, I just miss not having to shave. Like, I miss my beard, but if I just didn't have to shave, that would make me happy too. Running, well, running knives over my face is not my highlight of a day. I'm just gonna just throw that out there, world. I mean, here's a little unknown K 
Kent fact that probably a lot of people really don't know about me. I still shave every day because I get like two or three whiskers on my chin. And because I don't have any other hair, that shit drives me fucking crazy. So I'm, I do shave every day despite having fucking alopecia for the goddamn two-thirds of my life. Yeah. I did not know that. And I'm sorry. You, I feel your pain. See, I like... It, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm with I'm with you people you you dudes that shave I'm I'm fully with you. and even to the ladies I once shaved my full body believing hey if you if you shave it it'll grow back thicker shaving your armpits and legs and stuff not a fun thing as a dude I, or as a human being I will throw out one more story about my life and then we should probably get into what we were actually going to talk about but um when I was in Iraq it was hot as balls all the time. Um, the winter time, and this was before the winter time, it was around 80, 85 during the day and it would get down to 40 at night. So it felt cold, but still, I mean, you're talking about the coldest time of the year. It's like what it is right now in the middle, early summer in Florida. Uh, the hottest day that I remember catching on a thermometer was 156.1 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, most of the time. I would get through the day, and I would be drinking like between two to four gallons of water just to make it through. It. Uh, and it, you were eating a lot, so we didn't have to supplement our salt. But like, you would sweat so much salt out of your body that uh, there would be times that like you would be bleeding because like your your chest would just be cutting itself up on the salt crystals. Um, and like you would take your top off, and as soon as it uh, started drying out it would be able to stand up by itself because of how much sweat and salt was in it. Wow. Uh, Huh, no shit. So, uh, my buddy and I were like, God, this sucks. It sucks to be so sweaty and so hairy. So we bought some Nair for Men. Shipped it over from Amazon. And we had one day where we were both off and we were like, "Let's let's go take care of this. So we tried it out. And Nair for men, if you have thick hair, does not remove all of your hair. It does not even remove a significant portion of your hair. It just makes you look patchy. Um, so after I narrowed my entire body, and very little hair actually came off, it took me an entire pack of eight razor blades to finish shaving my entire body. And on top of that, I then had the worst razor burn I have ever suffered in my entire life in average 120 degree weather while people were shooting me and trying to blow me up. It was uh, some of the worst times of my life, actually. <laughs> I was just going to say, the worst of times and the worst of times. <laughs> but mostly that part was caused by me. So my moral of the story is never use Nair for Men. Duly noted. I won't. So, I mean, hopefully nobody else does either. Learn, learn the lesson that Chris learned the uh, hot, sweaty, razor burny way. Ugh. Yes, it was yeah. It was pretty cool, though. I will say this. I was in way better shape back then. And pretty much as soon as I graduated from high school, like my body hair just started sprouting like fucking crazy. So when I shaved off my, ch- my chest and my stomach... Like, being able to see, like, all the definition that I normally couldn't because it was hidden under the layer of fur was actually pretty cool. Fair I was like, back then I was like, oh, man, I've got those those lines between my pecs. I don't have them anymore. I, just, I have moobs now. 
don't we all? Wait, I've had them forever, so whatever. I'm trying to I'm trying to fix it, but you know. Anyways, so uh, now that we have thoroughly delighted everybody with stories about Nerfermen moobs, did you just say thoroughly or furly? Thoroughly, but I guess furly <laughs> works as well. Okay. So, um, Kent and I got together and we talked about what we were going to do this month because it had been a while since we got together and did a podcast and we kind of came up with, we didn't want to just talk about, you know, like the best actors or the best actresses in horror movies. And, you know, typically when we, we give Kent a list of 10, he comes up with like 50. So we were like, if we do five, maybe you'll only come up with 25. So we were going to be talking just about horror actors and actresses that, we like, we appreciate some that are overlooked, but we think don't get enough recognition. And I asked Kent for his list to try to, you know, I didn't want to double tap everything. And Kent sent me a list of like 600 fucking people. So I was like, well, I don't think that any of the people I picked are not going to be on this list. Um, so I'm really interested to see how Kent has narrowed it down to who he wants to focus on. So let's get into this. I don't know. You want to start with... All right, I don't wait. even know how you're going to Here, do this. Here's what you I want to do. You just run with it. I, wa- I, I told you before we started this, I wanted to take a guess at five of your picks. I'm just going to tell you I have, the initials. I have, tw- I have 20 people on my list, kind of separated out by best of all time, and then people that I think are underappreciated. Okay, just tell me if I get any of these. I'm just giving the abbreviation or initials. Okay. LS. Uh, female. Female? Oh, I gotta look at my other list now. Uh, Yes. Okay. BP, male. BP? Yeah. Uh, BP? B, B like Bob, and P as in Pullman. No. Okay. Uh, S, N, like Nintendo. For men? Yes. No. Okay. B D like bad dog. For men again? Men, yes. No. Son of a bitch. Alright, my last one that I had predicted is a female. SW. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I got the women right and all the guys wrong. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so here's how I want to do this. I will first want to just go old school and I had four names that jumped off the page, but you know this all their success came you know before we existed, and I'll be honest, I haven't gone back and re, you know watched all of their stuff for obvious reasons, but you know I just thought it'd be fair to acknowledge you know from like the Universal Era, mm-hmm. like Bell Lugosi, Boris Karloff, um, especially Boris because you know how the Grinch stole Christmas, man, mm-hmm. um, and then. Vincent Price, my God, if you look at his IMD page, it is absurd. Like, I just was like, nope, not going to do all this. Plus, he did Thriller. So, if I if I can interject, I know we just got you started. Yeah, go but, ahead. But, um, yeah, like, on my, my best of all times list, you know, we definitely have Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney and Lon Chaney Jr., uh, Vincent Price, um, to tag along with that, even though it's a little bit later, I segued into the Hammer stuff and Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. You know, they just did so much in the genre, you know, whether they were playing 
Dracula or Van Helsing. Some, you know, sometimes the same person was doing both. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, like a lot of what we think about when we think about those movies now, not necessarily the Hammer, but the old Universal ones, seems kind of cheesy to our, our sensibilities. But like horror as a genre in motion pictures wouldn't exist without these guys having done the portrayals that they did in the movies that they did. I mean, I don't think that's even debatable. Uh, two things about Christopher Lee is recently I, I showed my friends uh, Wicker Man. They'd never mm-hmm. seen it. I think they'd both seen the Nick Cage one. I was like, this is so much better. <laughs> and, like, that movie still holds up incredibly well. And I also showed them Blackula, which <laughs> I don't know because Blackula's awesome. So wanted to say that. And the other thing is I didn't know that Christopher Lee starred in, like, four or five movies where he was Fu Manchu, and I don't know anything about those movies, but I kind of want to see one. You could not do that now. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't have comments that I feel comfortable saying, but I'm super intrigued by it, nonetheless. I, so. <laughs> I just think the dude was freaking awesome. Like, he decided that he wasn't hardcore enough in his 80s, so he went and recorded a fucking death metal album with like a fucking Norwegian death metal band. <laughs> like that's just yeah. fucking awesome. That's metal. That, like. Yeah, and he was he was one of those people who was like a real soldier and actually went through, you know, the real shit too. So like on top of everything else that he did as a just a performer, you know, I have so much respect for him for that. Same thing with like like Jimmy Stewart. Like you would never have expected that this guy was a fucking colonel in the Air Force flying combat missions in World War Two. You know, when there were people who were fucking afraid to go over there. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I felt like, although none of them made, like, the quote-unquote, they, they did make the list, because I had a separate <laughs> section for old school, and I just won, you know. Because, hell, I talked to my psychiatrist, and, like, we got talking about this subject, because a half hour, let's talk about movies and not Kent. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we talked about Vincent Price for at least five minutes, and I was like, this is good. This is great. This is actually great therapy for me. Probably not suitable for most, but for me, it worked well. Uh, so yeah. Um, so next up, I ha- I I'd have four sections. So that was one section. Um, technically, I have five sections, but the fifth section is one person. I'm, I'm assuming you hit Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing too, correct? I, you know, I I completely forgot about Cushing. He. He was in okay. my mind. It was as I was doing the hammer stuff, and then I just didn't write him down. I, I knew okay. I was going to miss stuff inevitably. So I got one that Kent didn't touch on. All right. So point for, point for me. Next, the, I have a quote unquote A listers group. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're te- technically A listers, but whatever. Um, I'm going to go uh, bottom to top here. Uh, you know, I have Anthony Hopkins and. You know, it's always that age-old discussion. Is The Silence of the Lambs really a horror or not a horror? I, I don't know, but either way, he was in The Wolfman, The Right, Audrey Rose, uh, Dracula, and he was also in Stephen King's Hearts in Atlantis, which, although isn't horror, is an amazing film. I, you know, if we want to look at horror broadly, there's so many subgenres. I think anything that tries to scare you should be able to be classified as horror. You know, thrillers might not necessarily be dealing with ghosts or monsters, but 
I think serial killers can be some of the scariest things out there. Yeah, I think, well, I think some of the casual cruelty that people can portray is almost just as scary, but the, the fact that, you know, there are people out there willing to do crazy shit to you, you personally, yeah, that, I would, I would classify it, and then everything else you listed on top of that, I yeah. said I didn't think of him. Damn, you can. <sighs> All right. Uh, I had to include one of my favorite guys, David Arquette. You knew he had to be on my list. Uh, you know what? I didn't even think about Okay. That makes sense. Yes. Scream, Bone, Tomahawk, Eight-Legged Freaks, and a bunch of other shit, man. Yep. Uh, Kathy Bates, once again, is misery horror. You know, it, it, yes. Dolores oh, Claiborne, yeah. maybe not. But she also did American Horror Story. She did the original stand. And she was in fucking Titanic. A horrific movie. Yeah. So, um... James Woods, he was the star of John Carpenter's Vampires. Uh, he was in possibly the best segment of Cat's Eye. That's debatable. Uh, yep. No, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it was probably the best one. Right. Um, he was the star of um, Cronenberg's film Videodrome, which yep. is yep. amazing in hindsight, and Straw Dogs, which I still haven't seen. The remake, yeah. Yeah, so... He, he he basically played himself in oh, Straw Dogs, yeah. like super fucking racist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, next up is a person I thought for sure you'd be, have on your list, Bill Paxton. I no, I didn't even think of him. Oh, okay. well, I know you love for aliens, and you know my love for frailty. He also did Predator Two, Mortuary. Drain dead, and he did an episode of Tales from the Crypt. I uh, yeah, I didn't think of, I didn't even fucking think of it. But uh, yeah, point two points to count on that one. Two points uh, to count. I mean, you can understand why I suspected you'd have him at least. I you know what? I didn't even. Well, I was trying to go for a little more obscure than than him. So sure, fair enough. All right, next up, I had Ethan Hawke. Although he's done like Daybreakers, The Purge, he did the scariest scene in Training Day. Uh, he was in Taking Lives, which is not really horror, but Sinister alone earned yeah. him a spot for me. That's a good, you know, that's a good call too, Kent. Making me feel bad, but considering we've already got over five for choices for you, I don't feel that bad. Okay. <laughs> no, nah, there, there's no such thing as feeling bad on this podcast. All right. All right. Um, Johnny Depp, not necessarily for Nightmare on Elm Street, but mm-hmm. for Secret Window, Sleepy Hollow, Sweeney Todd. And he did From Hell and Tusk, which I didn't care for the latter two, but, you know, Secret Window, I really think was actually a really well done movie because it has him and, uh, I can't think of his name, the Jesus, yeah. Turturro. Yeah, John Turturro. They, he's underrated, and I like when you see people do, like, a creepy turn, and they're really fucking creepy. He was so, yeah, he was so good in it, man, and I don't know, I... I, I liked Sweeney Todd. I did not think I would, but I did, and I don't regret it. So no, I, I think they did a really good translation of Sweeney Todd. Um, I I had no complaints about that. I really liked Sleepy Hollow too. I I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. Same but here. That Tim Burton aesthetic just fucking hit it perfectly. And Walken, which oh, yeah. Walken did not make my list, and I'm surprised by that, but. I, I've never watched the Prophecy films, so to go on just Dead Zone and Sleepy Hollow was not enough for me. So if you had said CW, it would have been somebody on my list. Oh. Okay. Well. 
All right, next up. Although not necessarily in a ton of horror, Kiefer Sutherland, because mm-hmm. he was cool cool in Mirrors, but he wasn't the bad guy. Flatliners, he was cool. Stand By Me, I don't give a fuck. It's not a horror movie, but his role was awesome. Like, he was yeah. such a dick. Phone Booth, he was the bad guy. Flatliners. Van- yeah. um, the Vanishing, Taking Lives, but Lost Boys. Lost Boys well, yeah. alone. David is so like... Good. Besides, if you if you get away from like the hunger, like you've got the hunger, and I think you've got the Lost Boys as like the '80s iconic vampires. And maybe did Interview with the Vampire come out in '89? Either way, no, yeah. that was '90s, and Salem's Lot was '70s, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Kiefer just when he was a bad guy, he was really one of the all time greats. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, next, I have two more on the A-listers. I have George C. Scott, because although Good. he doesn't have a ton... Good choice. Good choice. I didn't think of that, yeah. Exorcist Three, The Changeling, and Firestarter. All three roles he knocked out of the park. Even Firestarter wasn't that great of a role for him, but he owned it. Yep. Um, and f- you know, I feel bad because I tend to overlook him a lot, and he's just a really good actor in general. He's so fucking great in Doctor Strangelove, by the way. <laughs> yes. I, I watched that earlier this year, and I was like, God, I forgot how much I love this movie. It's it's a good movie. Okay. Finally, my final one is... I, I, I definitely consider her an A-lister. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Yep, I have her. I have her. Like... I mean, I've never seen Altered States, but she killed it in Firestarter, Cat's Eye, and Scream. She did Waxwork 2, some movie called Doppelganger, and even Santa Clarita Diet, which was more comedy than horror. She was a fucking zombie, so I'm including it. I am so sad that I will never know how that ends. I didn't watch season three because I've heard so much like sadness. I'm like, I just don't want to get any more sad. Dude, the, the where they leave it off... It's like such a gigantic fucking cliffhanger, and then to have that be the end. I, I don't understand why Netflix cans certain shows. Like Glow got canceled despite them having most of like season three done. I, I just I don't understand their rhyme and reason because they it, seem to be popular shows. Yeah, when I can understand the ones that they cancel where it's money, you know, like it's not popular enough to make back the money that they're investing into it. But when when like the the show is profitable and it's popular and you cancel it, that is what I don't understand with Netflix. It's really uh, it's disheartening. That it really is disheartening because I've also heard the Punisher to season 2 was not nearly as good as season 1, but I'm also hearing that they may bring back Barenthal for the MCU which would help me feel a little bit better it's it's like i enjoyed i watched all the season ones i watched daredevil season two and then they canceled everything and i was like well do i want to go and sit around and watch punisher season two jessica jones season two and three luke cage season two iron fist season two if i know there's none of this is continuing you know now they're talking about using the same actors and actresses but like all of that shit will be in the past won't, won't actually exist, so I, I've never finished any of them, so yeah, I'll we'll do it someday. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I never fit. Yeah, it's frustrating. So, anyway, that's my A-listers. Moving on to 
what I like to call the genre mainstays. Yeah, okay. There we go. Okay, so um, starting at the bottom yet again, I had Shawnee Smith because Guilty Pleasure, she was uh, so, I don't know, I had a crush on her from the stand. She was in the remake of The Blob, of course, her role in the Saw franchise. And mm-hmm. she's done, you know, Carnival of Souls, Repo, the Genetic Opera, Grudge 3, 30 Days of Night, Dust to Dust. She's done a, enough to warrant it. But, I mean, yes. basically her role in Saw. Actually, I don't have Tobin Bell on my list, which I know is surprising, but I don't. But I have Shawnee Smith. Only because Tobin Bell doesn't have that much going on aside from Saw in the horror genre. Mm. So, that's all I got for Shawnee. Um, here's a name that got a lot of uh, acclaim from my buddy in uh, the UK, Barbara Crampton. Uh who was in... She she first hit the scene with... Uh, oh, Jesus Christ, what the hell? The uh, Reanimator movie. Oh, right? yeah, okay. And now, she, like more recently, she's done We Are Still Here, You're Next. She was on an episode of Creepshow. She just recently did Jacob's Wife with uh, wrestler CM Punk and Larry Fessenden. Uh, she was on Channel Zero at one point. Uh, she did Tales of Halloween, which was a surprisingly good uh, anthology, and mm-hmm. Chopping Mall, man. Fucking Chopping Mall will always live on for me. So, all in all, she stands out really well to me as a... Uh, because I, I don't want to say that there's less females, but there are less females on my list. There just are, because if you look at horror... Females are rarely the bad guy, and the bad guys are usually the fo- ones that stick out in horror. Yeah, it's a, well, I, somewhat. I mean, I think it depends on the the movie, but I would say like the the usually, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion. I think that the heroines are better written than the heroes. Typically, maybe I'm wrong, but like for every Dewey you have, you have what like five Sidney Prescotts. No, you're you're right, and then. The villains typically just tend to be men, and the one the the women who do really good in the jobs make them, you know, stick out. I can think of a handful off the top of my head that are still fucking you know freaky as shit. So the thing, you know, most guys, a lot of guys don't make it. You know, there's always the final girl, but usually there's a guy at the end. But he always makes a stupid sacrifice or does something dumb that gets him killed. Men are written terribly in horror. Mm-hmm. They just are, you know. I mean, hey, that's that's sexism. Whatever, blah blah blah. No, it's not. Men are just written horribly. Women get cliched written a lot in horror as well. Like horror writing in general is typically not the greatest, but it's fun as shit. Part part of that's just because you can take like just a handful of million dollars and make something that can be profitable. So you don't really need to have good writing, great directing, great cinematography, as long as you have decent special effects and a unique idea. Right. Okay. So next up, I and this is the first of three things that I had to combine just because it made sense. I have The Conjuring Couple, which would be Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, mm-hmm. because they both did Conjuring. Vera did uh, a cool movie called Orphan, and she, of course, played the mom in Bates Motel. Patrick Wilson did Bone Tomahawk, Insidious, Prometheus, and In the Tall Grass. You know, they belong. 
somewhere. Did you did you ever see the movie Running Scared, the Paul Walker one? Yes, I I love that movie. That's my favorite Paul Walker movie. The the scene where she goes to rescue Olaf from um, the like child porn couple. Yeah, is like one of the creepiest non horror movie scenes that I think I've seen in a like any movie outside of the genre. Yeah, I, I I mean, you know, just thinking about that reminds me of like the scene from Eyes Wide Shut with uh, Tom Cruise trying to get the costume and the guy's just like trying to whore off the his, I don't know, niece or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's some really creepy scenes that are not horror, but definitely the scene is in its own way. Okay, next up, Inevitable. I have the Devil's Rejects trio plus Richard Brake because... I just put this under Rob Zombie, quite frankly, because, you know, if it wasn't for the Rob Zombie films, most of their IMDb pages would be kind of minimal, but, you know, especially Sherry Moon. Uh, Yeah. Richard stood out in a film called Asylum Blackout, which I highly, highly recommend, but he also did, like, Hannibal Rising, Doom. He did a very entertaining film, not horror, but called The Sisters Brothers, which... Was mm-hmm. great. Um, Sherry Moon, like I said, she just did Rob's movies and Toolbox Murders. Sid, um, he did Bone Tomahawk, which, gosh, I like mentioning that movie. Uh, he did, you know, quite a few other. He did like uh, Night of the Living Dead 3D, Hatchet 3, but he also did stuff like Kill Bill 2, Jackie Brown, The A Team, Foxy Brown, a film called Black Mama, White Mama, Beware the Blob. And he also did Diamonds Are Forever and THX 1138. So he's actually had a pretty cool career. Not all horror. Like, he's had a cool career, I thought. And, <laughs> like, Bill Mosley, I think, stood out the most as far as horror goes because not only did he do the Rob Zombie stuff, he did Tex Chainsaw uh, 2. He did the remake of The Blob, uh, Night of the Living Dead with uh, Tony Todd. Uh, just a ton of shit, man. Like a ton. I, I actually had Richard on my list as like one of the underappreciated people. Like everything he's in, is fucking creepy. Even when he's not, when it's like something that he's just playing for comedy, it's still fucking creepy. He is just, he's got that look. And he, he looks like he's slimy. You know, you know what I mean. Like yeah. the the Brad Dourif look. Uh, that look from him. I mean how. Just his look was enough to get him on Game of Thrones as the Night King for a few episodes. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, yeah, he, he's awesome. I, I, I really like him. I'd like to see more of him. Mm-hmm. So, I just wanted to group them all together because it's just, it's redundant otherwise. Yes, no, I gotcha. Um, and then the next grouping I have is even, it's a bigger group. I refer to it as the Larry Crew, but... You have people like Larry Fessenden, <laughs> Lauren Ashley Carter, Pollyanna Mac- McIntosh, A.J. Bowen, Sean Young, and all of them have done stuff either like Darling, Jugface, uh, We Are Still There, um, um, the, the, house, the House of the Devil, like, oh, and The Woman, uh, Darling, Pod, like, they all kind of did a lot of the movies together. And yet they all branched out and did other things, but 
they all they all kind of work together on multiple films. So I just yeah. thought to group them together. Uh, Larry obviously is the standout for me, but Lauren Ashley Carter is one hell of an actress. And of underrated people that people may not know their name, Lauren Ashley Carter is one to really keep an eye out for. I I, I truly believe that. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, and Sean Young was in Bone Tomahawk, so I got to mention that a fourth time, and I'm feeling good. Gotcha. Uh, and then the last one in genre mainstays is another name that people aren't necessarily familiar with, but they know her because they've seen a lot of her stuff. Catherine Isabel. She yeah, was, I, I, she's on my list. Yep. You know, Ginger Snaps. Uh, American Mary may have been her best performance. Freddy vs. Jason, Girl in the Photographs. Torment, the 2002 carry that nobody ever knows or talks about. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, see no evil too. Not her best outing, but all in all, love that lady. Yeah, she's really hot too. Oh my god, yes. And then, yeah, it's it's funny when you see somebody in so many genre movies, you know, like horror, for example, and then you see them do something outside of that, and you're like, oh my, wow, they can really act too on top of that. Yeah. No, I, I I fully agree with that. I'm trying to think of who I just I just saw. Oh. And like, I like, I, I love Mads Mikkelsen and Hugh Dancy. You know, I think like Hannibal's probably my number one favorite TV movie or TV show of all fucking time. And then seeing Catherine Isabel in it and able to fucking hang in there with that, I was like, wow. You know, I forget. Yeah, you know, how a how young she was when she did Ginger Snaps. You know, whatnot. So. Did you like the third Ginger Snaps movie? Because I never liked it. I won't it. lie. I've never seen it. That was I, the, the prequel one, right? Where it was like the yeah, 1700s, it, whatever. It was tough to get into, to be honest. So, uh. Anyway, that's that for that genre. I have... Or that category. The last big category is horror icons, which... A-listers and icons, all the stuff like... You could make an argument people go in any category, whatever. So... Tied at the bottom, the two guys who've played Dr. Loomis, being Malcolm McDowell and Donald Pleasance, mm-hmm. who, if you take away their role as Pleasance, or as, as Loomis, eh, eh, like, I kind of consider Clockwork Orange to be horrific in its own way, but it's not horror. Yeah. Um, but really, if you, if you remove the Halloween franchises, they don't have a ton. Like, Donald Pleasant's had some older stuff, but nothing I was terribly familiar with other than uh, one version of Dracula and Prince of Darkness. So, I don't know. I just felt that they both deserved to make the list because Dr. Loomis as a character is fascinating in his own weird way. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I couldn't include anybody that played Michael Myers. Well, I mean, if we're going into all sorts of shit, which I assume we are, like, uh, I guess I didn't realize this. I just watched Castlevania season four. Malcolm McDowell was a voice in that. You know, he um, voice in Fallout. Yeah, I see time after time as one of the top things in his IMDb, and that wasn't you know necessarily a strict horror movie, but and he was a good guy in that. But uh, you know, that's about a story about H.G. Wells chasing Jack the Ripper into 1980, you know, America. Uh, so, what was that called? Time after time. Oh, I've never heard of it. He did do Cat People, and I've heard of that movie, but never seen it. He did a film called Excision, which I don't know if it... I, I think it is horror. I highly recommend it, even though I don't think hardly anybody's ever seen it. Mm-hmm. But 
it has a cool cast that has uh, Tracy Lords in it, uh, doing an admirable non-pornographic performance. And I want to say there's like one other person that actually has like name recognition in the film. It's mm-hmm. it's good though. So, and Malcolm McDowell. I mean, he he's done a ton of voice work because he does such. He has a really good voice. Hell, he did an episode of South Park as yep. some random British person, I think, was, <laughs> was his credit. Or a British guy, something like that. I shit, I fucking forgot he was in Heroes. I never watched Heroes either. Well, well you know. I, although okay. I do like Handa Panda Bear, Hayden Panda Bear. What, I can't fucking pronounce her name. Panda, Panettiere? Yeah. There you go. That's why you're here. Thank you. Right. <laughs> so, next up, you and I discussed this beforehand and I, I guess we probably should discuss it a little further Kane Hodder was not higher up on my list I thought he would be but if you look at his work like A he's not really doing shit as Jason Voorhees he's not doing shit in Hatchet and those are his two biggest contributions how okay let me interrupt you for a second here sure what is your opinion on the Hatchet movies because I've heard some fucking good things from like out of nowhere about them so, they they have some comedy. Hell, I, like there there is some good comedy to it. But uh, all in all, like the series, just you, if you watch first one, you'll know. Like that's that's the high note. Don't go mm-hmm. any further. Like Hatchet Two has its moments, but eh, by the time you get to like Part Three and then Victor Crowley, it's kind of a shit fest, in, in my opinion. I, and you know, I like movies like that, but they're not that good. Okay. Well, I trust you more than, like, randos on the internet, so... Yeah, I, I would give the first one a shot. If you like it, then try the next one until you get to a point where you can't stand it. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, all you randos on the internet who are actually <laughs> listening to this right now. Uh, all 11 of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. Kane Hodder was in Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, and although he had a very small role at the Kruger house, I... I had to note that he's also responsible for a film that I really want to discuss next podcast if you're down with it. Mm-hmm. I, it's the, might still be on Netflix. Have you ever seen Death House? I haven't, no. Okay, that's like the Expendables of horror film. And I don't want to persuade you one way or the other, but there was a ton of hype. And to me, I, I was iffy on the film. I, I need to see it again by myself so there's no outside in influence. So that's why I don't want to say, you know, it's good or bad. I just, I need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, half the people on this on my original list were in Death House. I, and now I'm looking at the list, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people on your list were in Death right. House. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, one other movie I kind of wanted to mention just because I happened to see it for one of my Oktoberfests uh, Robin Hood, Ghost of Sherwood. Yes, I watched a movie called Robin Hood, Ghost of Sherwood only because Kane Hodder was in it, and it was fucking awful, but entertaining in the most awful way. I was going to say, that sounds good, so... I had to watch... it. It's really groan-inducing, but... Yeah, that's horror for you, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, alright, next up, I had Adrian Barbeau, and... I didn't know that she was... She did the voice of, like, the computer in the movie The Thing. Did not know that. Uh, I didn't either. And, obviously, she did the Creep Show film, which she was a shining moment in that, in that uh, segment. 
Uh, she did the fog, um, swamp thing, and probably like 20 other damn things. She did a lot. Yes. Um, but, you know, everything she does, she really puts a lot of effort into, and I always feel that her performance stands out in one way or another, and I wanted to give her credit for that. I can't remember a ton of the characters in Escape from New York, but I remember her. Exactly. Like yeah. She's just... I don't know, she always sta- finds a way to stand out. Uh, and that's Im- important to me, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we are closing in on my tops, whatever. Anyways, next up, I assume Top this is... Top 50. Uh, she's on your list, Lynn Shea. She was the yep, LS? Yep. Yeah. Yes, she was the LS. Um, you know, for obvious reasons. I mean, Insidious, even though I don't like it, I like her role in it. Some of the Nightmare on Elm Street films, Critters, a film called Dead End with Ray Weiss, uh, The Call, The Grudge, Ouija, Midnight Man, Amityville, New Gener- Generation, so on and so forth. She's done a lot, and everything she does is pretty solid. And she did a film recently with Tobin Bell that I haven't seen, but I really want to. You, I know what makes me laugh, too, is I forget that Lin Shay is Lin Shay in the non-genre stuff. So then you see her in like, there's something about Mary or um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> or um, what was the 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 Detroit Rock City? Yeah, and you're like, oh shit, that's fucking Lynn Shea. She's I bet she's got to be a really like I, I want to hang out with her and Betty White like on two separate days because I think I'd have really good time with both ladies. I don't it would know. be really interesting to get a chance to like interview her. Right. I, I, she's got to have some incredible stories. And, I mean, she's the sister of Robert Shane. That dude has to have tons of freaking stories, too. You know, so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, she she belongs on the list. And I almost put her higher, but at the end of the day, I couldn't put her higher than my next one, which was D. Wallace. Yep, yep. That lady... Ah, oh, she's so good. Cujo, Howling, House of the Devil, Hills Have Eyes, like Halloween, Three from Hell, Critters, Frighteners, a ton of shit. Red Christmas, I don't recommend it, but I still watched it. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I don't know. What do you think she's most pop famous for? Is it Cujo or E.T.? Probably... I would say E.T., maybe then The Howling. I don't really hear too many people actually talk about the movie version of Cujo. I think that was her best acting was in the in Cujo, but mm-hmm. probably E.T. E. probably got by far the most exposure. I mean, E.T. E. was what? For, like, up until Titanic, the number one movie ever? You know, it's the very first wise, film yeah. I saw in the theater. So, and that Christmas, I got an inflatable E.T. that you could box with. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like my height, and like it was just inflatable, and it had like a little bit of like a sandbag thing on the bottom, so like you could punch it and keep popping back up thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I had an E.T. Halloween costume. There was a lot of E.T. I had an E.T. alarm clock. I really apparently loved E.T., so... And then came the Atari game. Yeah. And that's a whole other horror topic for a whole other day. <laughs> um, 
Moving on, this was the toughest one. I didn't like having this guy this low, but Brad Dorf was at my number four. Mm-hmm. Everything he does, he's great at. That, that, what, what else is there to say? Like, yeah, Child's Play, he do, just does the voice. Who cares? Exorcist 3 was one of the most best horror performances I've ever seen. And then, you know, he, like Graveyard Shift, what a shitty throwaway film. But he's great in it. Yeah, uh, you know, he just he he has a lot, and I, I just love his his take on everything. Him and Bill Paxton were in the same episode of Tales from the Crypt, uh, oddly enough. And I don't know, I, I just I really think, you know, even from like One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, every time I see Brad Dourif, something he does stands out to me in some way or another. Uh, that's a sign of a good actor to me. You know. Um Alien Requiem was kind of shitty. And I still love the scene where he's like, oh, come to your mother. And then the the thing fucking rips his head. Yeah. Resurrection. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, he he, he, was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He also did Urban Legend, which I I remember renting when it first came out because it had Robert England, but I don't remember shit about it other than I thought it was kind of a bit shitty. I remember, like, the kills, but I don't remember the shit in between the kills. Yeah. Like, I remember the dog getting blown up in the microwave, and then the dude went to go throw up, and, like, she poured Pop Rocks and Clorox down his throat in the bathroom. I remember the one, you know, at the beginning where the... The she was in the back seat of the car and the dude was flashing his headlights. Yeah, I, I don't remember like a lot of the shit though. Yeah, so obviously it wasn't that great. Right. All right, moving on. Uh, my top female Sigourney Weaver, which I, she's on your list, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, not not just for Alien, but mostly for Alien, but. You know, what a pleasant treat in Cabin in the Woods, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, G- Ghostbusters may not be horror, but it's in the ballpark. She she was even in The Village, which, once again, isn't really horror. Um, and she also did Vamps, which I have not seen, but I do own and plan on watching this year. Um, but really, she she's my favorite female uh, as far as horror goes. And... There's a big name that I intentionally left off my list because I don't think she's that great. Um, do you have the other big name actress that's not on the list? I'm, I'm thinking like three three initials? Yes. JLC. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, we can get to that. Um, my last two, I, I feel you kind of know them. I mean, Tony Todd for Candyman, Final Destination, uh, and The Living Dead. Is the the last one R E? Oh, of course. I mean, okay, yeah. I was gonna. I didn't want to bring him up when you were going over. Like, but yeah, I think he's probably got to be the number one horror actor just ever. Well, yeah, because not only does I mean it's taken what how however many years for somebody to finally step up and be like, I kind of want to try being Freddy Krueger role, and people are like, maybe Kevin Bacon can pull it up, but we're not willing to give it to just anybody. It took somebody like Kevin Bacon. For people to be like, all right, maybe we'll give somebody else a shot. But he did such a good job as Freddy, nobody else had a chance in hell. I felt bad for Jackie Earl Haley because he didn't do a bad job, but yeah. He stood no chance. He, he did a fine job. It's just it didn't, couldn't do it. Um, 
and Robert, the, the cool thing about Robert is, you know, he had smaller roles like Behind the Mask, um, Strangeland. I, I liked his role in Strangeland, Urban Legend. <laughs> I haven't seen her Strangeland in forever. Who the hell was he in Strangeland? Uh, he was one of the guys that uh, went and attacked Dee Snyder's character. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yo, even like shit like Dance of the Dead and Zombie Strippers, those <laughs> movies are only really like watchable because. Freddy fucking Krueger, Robert England, like, he does some wacky shit. Like, really, if it wasn't for Robert England, would anybody have watched The Mangler? No. And everybody yeah. regretted it. But they saw it. I mean, I, the first thing I remember him in was like, I don't know if you remember the, the TV show v? v? Yeah. V's on my list, yeah. He was great yeah, at so, it. I mean, I remember seeing him in that, and so seeing, you know, being the only other, I think, wasn't that what they called them? I don't visitors were, visitors something what well, yeah v the only visitor who was like a vegetarian yeah you know and gentle and you know falling in love with the human and then seeing him go from that to Freddy Krueger was like yeah I, I yeah I'd seen V V was probably the first thing I saw Robert England and no no doubt actually I remember seeing that when it was kind of airing my cousin was like we ought to see this and he was a little older and you know it was kind of the young you know I was, I don't know. I wasn't that mm-hmm. old, and of course, you know, cool cousin. Sure, you know, we want to fucking do shit. And God, yeah, the yeah. V was great. Now, did you ever see Phantom of the Opera? I did the- see that one. That was pretty violent, if I remember correctly. I've never seen it, and I, I, I was reading on it. And I was like, that does sound like something I would enjoy. Um, so, oh, what one movie that I didn't mention with Tony Todd that I should I, I feel the need to give a shout out to is Sushi Girl. That has fat Mark Hamill before he got himself in better shape. Um, I want to <laughs> say he got, trios got his agent back working again. Yeah, yeah. Like it has a really decent cast for an average movie, but it's an enjoyable average movie, and I highly recommend it. I, I, it's probably on my voodoo. I think. Yeah, I mean to go along with this, since we kind of skipped over that because we talked about Robert, but Tony Todd is fucking awesome. I love him. I love his voice. He again. He's like Robert in that like anything he does isn't necessarily great, but he improves it just by being in it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Grant, the original Candyman was great. He added to it. He was the only good thing about the sequels because those sequels were terrible. And like, I I expected nothing out of the remake of Night of the Living Dead, and he was really good in um, the main role there. <laughs> uh, I can't think of the character's name. All I can think of is Morgan Jones, who played that role. Anyway, yeah, Tony Todd. Tony Todd's so cool that I still plan on getting a tattoo of him this year. So that's how high I think of, of Tony Todd. That's pretty cool. Well, I mean, I don't know how to say this politically correct, but I think Tony Todd's going to look great on my pasty white skin. Like, he's going to look great. Just saying. I, I would love to see the tattoo when you're done. Yeah, I, I, I'm I just saying. Post. I, Unless I, it's somewhere that I don't want to see, in which case, then yeah. Well, it's going to go on my right bicep, I think. Okay, okay, that's you know that's that's doable. <laughs> I would I would look at your tattoo there. Yeah, I, I want to get like a full standing Candyman with bloody hook and maybe like a couple bees, but I'm not sure about the bees if they'll show up on that small of an area. Yeah, I guess it would depend on what size you're doing. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. So, anyway, 
wait, that... Oh, wait, no, that's not my list, because I added that fifth category. And I could not believe I forgot this one individual, but he's been in so many horror movies, and he's always very mediocre at what he does, but I love him, and that's Stephen King. He's okay. in so many of his movies, and he's He great. really is, yeah. He's great and creepy. He's like the Stanley of, of horror movies. Right, like... I don't know. Like, you know. Aside from Creepshow, yeah, he didn't have many great roles, but like in Maximum Overdrive, honey, this thing just called me an asshole. Like, I don't know. He's just entertaining as hell, like in his cheesiness. So that was my fifth category. And after all my research, that is my list. I have a much longer list, but I'm not going to share it. Okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> I think everybody listening appreciates it. I'm just fucking with you. Um, all right. So, shit, where do I start? Well, I separated it out, men and women. Uh, so, I'll just start with the women, because that's a slightly shorter list. You hit, a, you actually hit a lot of um, the women that I had on my list. So, um, to go along with the people that you said... Uh, I would add in old school, Jamie Lee Curtis. And I, I mean, yes, I think she gets more praise for, for Halloween than she should. But I mean, she did do other stuff on top of that prom night, you know, she was pretty ubiquitous in the eighties. So I'll give her some credit for that. She, she was popular and she did what she did fine. My my biggest gripe, and it's not even fair to her. I'm just so sick of everybody telling me that she's like the greatest scream queen in in horror, and I I, I just don't agree with that sentiment. But I appreciate what she's done. I, I do. I still think her her dance scene in True Lies is uh, tremendous. Yeah, I, she's she's really funny too. I mean, I I enjoy that. I'm looking forward to seeing her in the Borderlands movie when it comes out. Oh, did you see her in the? Most recent Halloween? I did not. I haven't seen that yet, actually. She was I kind of want to see like a, a double feature, yeah. like when Halloween Kills comes out. She was really good in that, and I, I do want to give her credit. And Borderlands is... She's actually a perfect Tannis. I don't know yeah, what I, they were thinking. I mean, with, maybe, huh? maybe a little bit older, but yeah, so I, I think she would be able to pull off Tannis really well. I didn't understand who they got. Kevin Hart is like Roland, which made no sense, but... Eh, whatever, I'm still willing to give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you def- you can definitely see that they're going with a different flavor than the games. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, to go along with that, uh, Ellen Burstyn. Ooh. Like, between... She hasn't done a ton, but between The Exorcist and then, like, I think Requiem for the Dream is basically one of the most horrific non-horror movies out there and like her part in that is a big a big fucking like i actually own uh fucking uh what's her name in that is it marion barfs i i bought that song by itself because i enjoyed it so much really but she was also she was also in the wicker man too so i mean yes the remake not the yours uh i i got a projector for christmas and mm-hmm. requiem for a dream was the first thing i watched on it and i mean, it's in my top 10 all-time favorite films and she's by far the character i feel the worst for at the end 
that her first descent in that is like just fucking painful like super i it it bothers me it just fucking bothers me okay that that film should be required in high schools though to teach kids not to do fucking drugs because i think had i seen that movie well i never got into drugs anyways but that would have like could you uh, could you imagine the kids who like who are there the, for the first half of the movie, the first day, and then they call out sick the second day. And so they, they <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna look like Jared Leto, and I'm gonna be Jennifer Connelly. Yes, I'm gonna do drugs. <laughs> or just a uh, kid that comes in the second day, like, what the fuck's Keith David do? <laughs> I know it's pretty, but I didn't take it out for you to just look at. <laughs> He was a guy I wanted on my list too, and he just didn't. He didn't do enough other than the thing, and they live. But I, I'm glad somebody somebody took his lines from all of his different shit that they did, and they redubbed it into the Spawn character in uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh. <laughs> it worked out perfect. <laughs> he's, t- he's talking to like Sindal, and he's like, "I know it's beautiful, but I didn't take it out just <laughs> to look." <laughs> It's, it's on YouTube. Whoever dubbed it did a fucking perfect job with the fucking the sinking. And quick question: Did you, mm-hmm. do you remember a show back in like the late nineties called Beyond Belief: Factor Fiction with Jonathan Frakes? Kind of. I mean, I remember the Jonathan Frakes portion, but I don't really, really remember anything about the the show. It was just like five stories that some were made up and some were based on real reports or whatever. And I've been watching it a lot because it's a fun little guessing game. But I, I, I'll have to sh- send you a YouTube video later that I can't really explain on here. That'll make any sense or be funny. You'll see it. Gotcha. Interesting. <laughs> um, all right. To go old school to uh, Janet Lee. Janet Lee. Yes. She was on my list at one point. Yeah. Between... Um, Psycho. She, she, yeah, Psycho and shit. What else was she in? Off the top of my head, uh, yeah, she. I was like, that's that's a really good. The Fog. Um, Did you like The Fog though? Like, or was it just fun to see all these people that you knew? Because I didn't really care much for The Fog, but it was kind of a fun watch. Yeah, it's Night of the Lepus. I forgot about that one. Killer rabbits. Um, it's uh, you. It's funny because you see like these movies that came out when when you were young or before you were born, and like people are like, oh, it's so good. And then you watch it, and it's you're like, well, uh, maybe maybe it was. That doesn't seem like it now, but yeah. Um. Also, yeah, that was that was something I wanted to bring up. I didn't include shit for Hitchcock films because, you know, it, I, I was confused on Hitchcock. Like, a lot of it was suspense slash thriller, and it was like, mm-hmm. I know I can make the argument, but I just, I didn't include it, and in hindsight, I mean, I'm glad I didn't because my list was long enough, but it was something that I definitely wasn't sure whether to include or not. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's hard to... I, if you had chosen it, I wouldn't have said anything. If you didn't choose it, I'm not going to to fault you for it. It's it's that something you can make an argument for. That that's best I can say, no doubt. 
All right, so then we get into my, um, I guess, slightly more modern version. So this would be my list. None of them are necessarily what I would say. Maybe one for for my top people. But um, all right, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. I was like, uh, I think the majority of the stuff that she did that I would consider horror is more along the lines of thriller. But between uh, Single White Female, Dolores Claiborne, I don't know how you want to classify the woman in the window. Um, what do you feel? Amityville, I, The Awakening. What about uh, Hateful Eight? Like, I, I don't know. I, like, I would probably not classify that as horror, but, like, what they did to her and, like, the shit that she did was pretty fucked up in that movie. It was the spiritual successor to the thing in the weirdest of ways, and that's why I'm like, mm. it kind of... I, the Machinist was kind of on the line, too, I would say. Mm, I've never seen it. Always want, meant to. Same thing, like, Existence. That's kind of... That's a Cronenberg, so, I mean, you can... Yeah. Um, what about, like, how would you classify the jacket? Like, I think that... Is that the one Brody? Yeah. I've never saw it. It it kind of... I think it wanted to be, like, a updated version of Jacob's Ladder, but, like, maybe harder to piece together than that? Yeah, so... I, I don't know. Honestly, I had her on my list and I got rid of her. I, I did. And then she was in the Hitcher too. So that right there should the first one. See, like a lot of people say, Dolores Claiborne, like does it? It's a Stephen King, but it's not. I don't really. I don't know if we can really classify it as horror. There's a lot of horrific things that happen into it, and yeah, that, that gives me enough leeway to say it's close enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really like her as an actress. I, I think she, she's really gotten. She's, I don't know. She's kind of almost gotten better with age, in in some ways. Well, I think a yeah. I would say like a lot of people in that time period where she came out were just getting cast based on their looks and maybe their ability. And it's nice to see the ones who can progress. You uh, know, like she, her, her, her performances have definitely gotten better. I would agree with that. Um, all right, to to go on to a slightly different person, uh, I had Essie Davis from Babadook and uh, shit, some other shit that I've seen. Oh, give me the second to get the, the names. There was one with like a fucking mutated killer uh, cow. <laughs> that was actually pretty disturbing. I'm kind of um, mad that I didn't think of her. Yeah, so I mean, I Baba Duke is one of my screen names for a wrestling forum I go to. Is it really? I I love Baba Duke. I, I it's it's a great fucking movie. I like. It. I. Yeah, I I can't fault anything about that. So. Um. So there. Uh. Yay! One that I didn't think of. I'll yeah, take that. Uh, um, good job. Uh, Rada Mitchell. I did have her on my list. Okay. I was I was like eh, all I could think of was like a couple of things, and then I was like looking at her IMDb biography, her filmography. I mean, if you want to be like you know, 
pretentious. Correct English. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, she actually did a pretty decent amount of horror stuff. Silent Hill. Was Not yeah, Silent Hill, The Darkness. Uh, pitch Black. Pitch Black. Um, Man on Fire, which isn't horror, but still a great movie. The Crazies. I forgot that she was in that. I, I really like that remake. That That's actually why she was on my list initially. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she did Silent Hill. And God damn it. Like, I, I love The Crazies because I had Timothy Alphon originally on my list, too, for Scream 2 and Crazies, but <laughs> it just wasn't enough. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll throw throw her name in the hat. Um, uh, Melissa George. Was she in the remake of Amityville with Ray she Reynolds? W- she was. She was also in uh, a movie called Triangle, which was pretty good, and uh, 30 Days of Night. Was Triangle like a miniseries or something like that? Because I, I swear I just saw something about Triangle today. It was a... Uh, no, it was just a... a uh, movie that kind of took place within the Berlin Triangle. Okay. She was in a couple more, too, like Teresa's. You know, so, I mean... Mulholland Drive was kind of out there, too. Um, uh, she was nothing, in Mulholland Drive? Yeah, I don't remember who she was in that, but I'm seeing it on there. Could not have been uh, a very big character. Dark City? Oh, yeah, I forgot. She was. I think she was the fucking prostitute who died in the, right in the beginning of that. Hmm. But, Actually, I was considering, like, what the hell is Mulholland Drive? Because I had Naomi Watts for The Ring and um, Funny Games, and I was like, if I added Mulholland Drive, I could almost make a case for her, but I didn't. Oh, she also did Children of the Corn, like, part four. Well, my next person was Naomi Watts. (laughs) Well, I just made Chris's argument. Proud of myself. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, sorry. The shame is Breathe. real. <laughs> Breathe, Chris. <laughs> so I guess I don't need to go into that one. <laughs> Fair enough. Funny games though, did you did you see did you see either version of funny games? You know, I I actually had the original version downloaded and then uh to watch on my phone. And then my phone died, and I had to get a new one, and I forgot to re-download it. So I have, no, I never have. I, I would definitely watch the original before the remake if you get a chance. They're mm-hmm. basically the same damn thing, but I don't know. I there's something off about the remake that I don't know. There's just something slightly different, and I guess I, I slightly preferred the original, just slightly. Okay. I, yeah, I mean that would be my goal if I checked them out. I, I haven't heard people say bad things about the remake, but I've heard people say great things about the original. Yeah, well, yeah, the original's gonna get more hype, but I mean it is almost a shot for shot. So, okay, well, to go along, to kick over to men, and um, go along to uh, people that you haven't talked about. Let me see. What were your? What order did you go through? Like old school. Old school then A-listers. A-listers, yeah. And then... Genre mainstays and then iconic icons. Okay. Um, All right. So... Icons for me will probably be the easiest because I... uh, Doug Bradley. 
super awesome and yeah, everything I've done, seen him in. He's done a ton of shit, you know, besides Pinhead. So, um, deep, deep. and then I had Tobin Bell, but like we already talked about that. Like you take him outside of the Saw franchise and not necessarily like a horror, but I think Jigsaw is iconic enough. With with Doug Bradley, just for a moment, do you think? Mm. Do you think Hellraiser a remake a reboot would be uh, successful nowadays, or is it too weird of a concept now? I think it could probably be more successful because I think some of the things that they shied away from in the original are like accepted. Do you know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, the S and M like, stuff. Yeah, the S and M stuff isn't necessarily looked down upon as like being, you know, completely outside of normality now. I, I'd like to see that be be a thing. I, I don't know. I, I just really like Doug Bradley, and I did not like them replacing him. I mean, to go along with that, though, I think it would need to be well written because if you try to write like just the plot of the original Hellraiser it, into a it, it, the plot's kind of fucking weak. The, the plot the is very weak. They'd have to be. They'd have to be overly ham-fisted with ex- explaining the original. But you know, you 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 can do enough and just make sure fucking Frank is cool. That I love Frank. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd, we'd have. I don't know. It it could work. It might not work. Um. Okay, uh, to go into the uh, genre mainstays then, um, I had uh, Leland Orser. He's done a lot of, I was thinking of people, I was like, he's done a lot of like serial killer shit. Not necessarily as the uh, uh, killer, but also as a people chasing the killer and a victim. So right off the top of my head, he was the uh, lust dude in seven. Oh, okay. He was uh, the bad guy in the bone collector. Nice. He was one of the, uh, the cops in resurrection, which was like discount seven. Never saw it. It's actually a pretty good movie. Like I would recommend it if you haven't seen it. Uh, he was he was the dude who died all the way at the end, who had the alien in him in Alien Resurrection. So he was in two Resurrection movies. <laughs> yes, yes. One of them has an alien in it. One of them doesn't. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I was like, uh, he's done a lot of other shit on top of that, but I was like, he's probably like a serial killer genre mainstay. <laughs> Okay, when you first started saying his name, I was expecting some... Do you have anybody else with a name that starts with an L? Uh, I do not, actually. Okay, see, I, I was some... For some reason, we just talked about Bra- Doug Bradley, and I'm like, I wonder if he has Lance Henriksen on his list. <laughs> Fuck! That seemed like a guy. <laughs> that would have... Yeah, he should have gone right on with Bill Paxton for me. Yeah. I didn't fucking think about it. Yeah, okay, Lance Henriksen is on my... <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so lance we should do a list next time about like people we omitted from our <laughs> i mean it'd be a good list 
Um, okay, so I was thinking uh, uh, Julian Sands. Oh, that's a name I rarely hear. Between, I don't remember him being in a ton of stuff, but between like Arachnophobia, Warlock, and the, the Warlock sequels, I'm sure there's other shit that he did. Um, you know, like the the part that he played in Leaving Las Vegas, which is like one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen, too. I mean, that I put it up there for him. Um, he was in Dexter. So, I mean, uh, I think I could could justify him being on a like a genre list. Yeah, and I just bought Arachnophobia last month. I think it's on my voodoo. I have not seen that since it came out, so it's, you know, been 30 years. I would be interested in seeing, like, how it survives. Well, not survives, but how it holds up, because... I'm not... Spider- off, spiders are fucking scary. Uh, but, yeah, like, that that's my biggest fear, is spiders. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but, I don't know, some of the, those movies from that era just... Oh, don't hold up. On the other hand, wasn't that Spielberg? Oh, it could happen. Or if it wasn't Spielberg, like Amblin Entertainment? E- yeah, Frank Marshall. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it had a good enough cast to be... to hold up. That's my my hope, is that the cast alone is enough to hold it up. To segue from that into my next person, not necessarily a, like a genre mainstay, but a more of, I would say, an A-lister, but John Goodman... So good. Between between that, Ten Cloverfield Lane, um, uh, what was what the fuck was the one with Denzel? Oh, Fallen. Uh, Fallen. Yeah, yeah. He he was on my list at one point. Um. Oh, okay. Before I forget it, another mm-hmm. person that one of the people I guessed early on was Sam Neill. I'm surprised he didn't make your list. I. <sighs> He probably should have, but I'm just not a big Sam Neill fan. Well, I remember you didn't really care. Was it Event Horizon that you... Yeah, yeah. like... I don't... I mean, like, there are things that I like in Event Horizon, but I don't think... I think that is an overrated horror movie. That I, I don't understand why everybody is always like, Event Horizon... Event. Like, the scene where they get the, the video of the... what? Oh, I fucking forgot... John Goodman was in Chud. Um, <laughs> the uh, the scene where they they get the video and they actually see what the the people were doing when they were in you know hell, right. really well done. But it's like so fucking short. Yeah, you know, there were some good lines in it. I just I didn't like Sam Neill as the villain. Like I found it hard to feel threatened by skinless Sam Neill. Fair enough. I, I mean, I, I guess you know you got in the mouth of madness and the Jurassic Park films and. Well, I looked him up today, and he was in something mm-hmm. else that I was like, maybe Chris will have him, maybe he won't. Um. All right. So that was Goodman. Where the hell did I have him? Okay. Um. To kind of roll into that, I mean, I guess I'll just uh, segue from actor to actor. Uh, I had Elias Codius or Elias Codius. He was on my list with Stanley Stanley Tucci. I, I, I don't know. I always put those two guys together. Love them both. But between um, the Prophecy movies, which I have seen, well, even though he's just in the first one, um, and then Fallen, yeah, I was like, I'm sure he's been some other shit, like 
I don't really want to dig through his entire fucking. Uh, it's lengthy. Was it, Yeah, wasn't oh Skinwalkers, uh, Lost Souls. I mean, not necessarily a bunch of great shit, but yeah, enough that I was like, okay, I'll throw him on there. Especially because like between him in the beginning of Fallen and then John Goodman at the end of Fallen, like really solidify the Azazel for me. Sure. Uh, and then to segue from there, I'll go into Christopher Walken <laughs> from The Prophecy. It's like, oh, I'm playing like six degrees of Kevin Bacon with fucking horror actors. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like that whole... Sleepy Hollow, Dead... Uh, dead Dead Zone, yeah. yeah. I mean... Uh, did you ever see Things to Do in Denver when you're dead? I just showed that to Raylene this, uh, this year. Okay, that, that like... He's fucking creepy as shit in that too. He's that movie itself is awesome as shit, man. Yeah. yeah. When they tell you to eat the turd, you eat the turd. <laughs> <laughs> I say that all the time, and nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> so yeah, I I love Christopher Walken. I mean, he's uh, he's I I like him as an actor and I like him as a person like everything I've seen about him um uh you know interviews and shit really just makes me enjoy him he seems like a really fun happy-go-lucky kind of guy like he's very down to earth he's not he doesn't he doesn't seem very like um uh pompous arrogant yes thank you yeah very arrogant there we go I mean like the shit that he went through to get his particular look for Deer Hunter was like he just went on a, a diet of bananas and rice for months, I believe, to get that look. Like that's some commitment. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't say enough things, good things about walking. Okay, I didn't have anything to really um, segue into this one, so I'll say uh, Craig Sheffer would be under like my genre mainstays. Probably not so much lately, but like in the '90s, between um, uh, Nightbreed, uh, Fire in the Sky, uh, some other like shittier ones like Ritual, Berserker, uh, Hellraiser, Nightbreed, Inferno. Yeah, Nightbreed. I fucking love. Have you seen that yet? I have not. Okay. Yeah, I fucking love. That's a one of my favorite um uh who's out did that the same guy who did um shit I'm fucking blanking cuz I'm losing track of my mind now um the guy who did uh Hellraiser oh um you mean Barker? Clyde Barker yes thank you yeah that's like my favorite movie that he's done um so yeah, I mean, I, like I think people forget about Fire in the Sky a lot too. That was exactly that, the thing I was going for because Robert Patrick almost made my list. Yeah, I could have seen him doing it too. I want to say he seems like the discount. Uh, uh shit was oh, I can't really say discount, but like the discount Lance Henriksen, and then he moved <laughs> into like his own state of place. I saw him on... He did an episode of The Walking Dead this uh, past... this year. 
and mm-hmm. he did this interview and one thing that stood out to me he was like it was the night of the oscars and i was making a really shitty horror film like crawling around in like oatmeal and something else and i could actually hear all the traffic and all the noise from the oscars and i'm sitting here crawling in this shit <laughs> like he, he's like that was a very humbling night and i was like God, I, I just love... I don't know. That's another dude that seems super awesome, like, in real life. Yeah. Okay, so to go on, my next two are definitely A-listers, and I'm, like, I'm glad I... F- well, I'll, okay, so I have Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. That was, like... That was a painful cut for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I, that's like, they let a shark fucking eat me. <laughs> that's like, snakes on a motherfucking plane. <laughs> and now he's done spiral. Like, yeah, I was, that's what I was like. Oh, you know what? I just saw, I'm like, I'm sure he's done some other shit. And I started thinking, I was like, yep, yep. maybe not necessarily like high quality. Right. Movies. I mean, hell, even some of his stuff in Hateful Eight, once again, I don't know why I keep bringing that movie up, but. It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Samuel definitely... Samuel L. may have had more questionable things on my list. I'm just like, I don't know. So I just started writing all these things. I was like, eh, I'm not going to include him. But I still didn't like myself about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then I... Oh, I 1408. I mean, that's pretty... I didn't like that movie. I didn't like it either, but I mean, it, it is a horror movie. I mean, yeah, the cell exists too, and I couldn't make it past like the first fifteen minutes. That's another Stephen King and John Cusack, Samuel Jackson flick. Oh, cell, so is it just cell? My bad. Yeah, because the cell was oh, the one J-Lo. with um, J Lo. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Oh, uh, and I guess if I had to say a number one that we haven't already talked about, like overall, you have to go. I think Robert Englund, but um. Like, out of the number one people that you didn't choose, I would have to say probably Willem Dafoe. He was on my list, mainly because of The Lighthouse and Antichrist, but there was a bunch of other things that I just hadn't seen of him. I was thinking between The Lighthouse, Antichrist, um, Daybreakers. Daybreakers has a hell of a cast, and when I was doing this list, I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot of people on my, like, there's like four people, I think, on my list from Daybreakers. Yeah, and I just I really like Willem Dafoe. Like he's he's another like Christopher Walken for like dude's just fucking humble. He just cooks and shit when he's at home. He doesn't fucking he's not living the high life. Right. And like he looks good for his fucking age to be doing stuff like that Togo fucking dog sledding movie and shit. And he was so good in fucking Lighthouse. I, if anybody hasn't seen that, and you get a chance, I don't know if it's still on Amazon Prime, but if you get a chance, watch it because him and Pattinson of all fucking people, like, I, you know, it's hard to reconcile the fact that Robert Pattinson can act when you watch Twilight. So it it's yeah, it's very difficult. Um, yo, an A lister that didn't make my list, and I I knew he wasn't gonna make yours, but. I, you know, I wanted to make the argument for Brad Pitt between Interview with the Vampire, World War Z, and Seven, but... I, you know, I've never seen World War Z. It's... Actually, the video game's really good. I've been enjoying the shit out of that. But, with that being said, the movie's okay. Like, it's a zombie film. It's probably nothing more than a six, maybe out of ten, but it's mm-hmm. fun. 
Oh, you know what? I also forgot um, for Willem Dafoe um, was uh, shit. What the fuck was I just looking at? Oh, he did Existence, which I guess is kind of on the board. But Shadow of the Vampire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never seen. Uh, maybe I've seen Existence, but I don't think I've seen Shadow of the Vampire. Is that the movie that's about the movie? It's. Yeah, they. It's a movie about the making of Nosferatu, right? Back in the '30s, but the the premise is that Willem Dafoe is actually a real vampire. Oh. So instead of like an actor, because because the guy who played him in in the original silent film Nosferatu, his name was Maximilian Schreck. Yeah. Disappeared and never did anything else. Nobody knows anything about him. You know, like may, I don't know, maybe do, people have found shit out since then. Do you? But um. Do you think it was just like a fake name, maybe? And he just I mean, it could have been. It could have been. I mean, and that was also pre-World War II, so, you know, who knows if he made it through, you know, right. all of the purges and shit that were happening in that time period. But, uh, yeah, so the idea is that he was actually a vampire pretending to be uh, to be an actor playing a vampire. I think I would like that movie. It's it's not great, but it's fun to watch once. Like he's really good in it. Um fucking uh John Malkovich is really good in it. And I'm not a huge John Malkovich fan. So, really? Like, I like some things he does, but I think Malkovich has a tendency to play Malkovich. I would totally agree with that. Because when and I like, see him in anything, I'm yeah. just like, "Oh, Cyrus the damn virus again." There, there. It, it's. <laughs> I can't even do it right now. I, um, yeah. So there, there are times when John Malkovich playing a role is perfect for that role, and then there are times where he's like, like, Man in the Iron Mask. He is not a good choice for a three mus- <laughs> one of the three musketeers. No. I'm just. I'm gonna throw that out there. He was great in Rounders, though, with that awesome accent. <laughs> that's a guilty pleasure movie if there ever was one total I I love that movie to bits I don't know if it's a good movie I know it brought back all the poker craze but I still don't know if it's a good movie but god damn that movie is pretty deep with talent yep I like I liked him in red I think he worked in red I just purchased red 2 never seen it I only saw red once red 2 was good but not as good as the first one as is, you know, tradition. So, that is my list. I think we, between the two of us, we've pretty much covered, like, a shit ton of fucking people. One guy, Pardon my language. One guy we didn't get to, and I, I know why we didn't include him on the list, but I still feel bad about it. We never did do Jack Nicholson. And, yes, he did do Wolf, but really, aside from The Shining... Most people are gonna be like, "Well, why?" You know, but he was yeah. just so fucking good in The Shining that I, 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 I will tell you the truth too. Like, a lot of the shit he, well, he did Witches of Eastwick too. A lot of the shit that he did, that he's really famous for, came out before I was old enough to really watch. Right. Um, you know, like Batman was probably the first thing that I would have been like old enough to be allowed to watch that he did. But um. Yeah, like, going back and watching some of his, his shit was, was fucking amazing. Like, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Chinatown. But um, I was old enough that when Wolf came out, 
for whatever reason, my uncle took us to see it. I really liked that movie. I still like that movie. I need to watch it again because I, I don't know. I I felt it was okay when I saw it, but I didn't have good taste in movies when I was younger. I, I fully admit it. So there's a lot of movies that I think. I mean, dude, it took me three times before I was like, oh, I get Pulp Fiction now. I don't think Wolf is a good horror movie, but I think Wolf works as a good drama and relationship movie. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I really like Jack and I wanted to include him. I, I'm realizing a female we missed, and I completely understand why we would have missed her, but uh, Shauna McDonald, she did The Descent. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Nails and Howl. And Nails and Howl are great, well, very good horror movies for what they are. And I hate Which one was Howl? Howl? Uh, was that the one on the bus? Train. Or the, the train? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, that was a pretty good movie. The effects were a little weird on it. but Yeah, it was good for what it was trying to do, and I can't imagine the budget was all that great. Um. And same for Nails. I, I thought the story that it told was pretty good. Um, once again, I, I imagine the budget wasn't that great. The Descent's the only one, but that's probably her most famous one. I just... The beginning of The Descent really turned me off. It, uh, I don't know. I don't know which beginning of a film I hate more. The beginning of Descent or the beginning of Death Proof. With, uh, Why do you have to choose? I don't have to choose unless there's a gun to my head. And even then, I'm not sure if I'm choosing. You know, I think we probably could throw Sean Pertwee in there, too. Between Dog Soldiers, Event Horizon, uh, Howl. Um, Lawrence Fishburne actually had done, you know, some stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I didn't know... Like, I've only seen bits and pieces of The Colony, so I don't know if that was even just straight up sci-fi or if there was horror elements to it or not or i really don't know yeah okay so kind of moving on yeah i already let you guys know about the crazy dancing michael bolton naked dude half naked dude i saw dancing outside of the theater where i saw spiral tonight and i guess you saw it a couple weeks ago so um this would be a what great you, time to do an intermission so I can cut this into two pieces. Sure. I need to get a refill and pee as well. So we're going to break right here for episode 22. Hey. If you're going <laughs> to if you're going to listen to this, make sure you come back immediately afterwards to hear part B. If you're not, uh, see us next time in episode 23. <laughs>